In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, Come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, 
Welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to a Thursday after dinner show. Uh, update on the, the tornado recovery. Uh, numbers up to uh, 263 buildings totally destroyed. Many of our houses, probably over 250 of those are houses. Uh, some strip malls were destroyed. A church was destroyed. Uh, many people still need many items. Uh, I'll have a video here in a second from Pack, who we've been talking about all week, as, who has been helping us all. Helping the community all week, we're taking donations and getting them out to those who need them. So if you're if you're at home and you want to donate to them, their website will be going across the bottom, and uh, they'll be talking about now. Faith will, will talk about what's going on. Sherry, I mean, we'll talk about what's going on and uh, what how you can what you can do to help. So listen to Yay Pack right now. What's up, everybody? We are here at Yay Pack Outreach in Clarksville, Tennessee. This is the warehouse where all of the magic happens. We started about six years ago with a little, a couple of totes in a van, and it has turned into this amazing thing. We currently help with supporting veterans, foster children, homeless, and of course, disaster relief, which is what we're doing right now. So this warehouse has been turned into a distribution center. The first couple days, we were taking all types of donations in through the front door. The outpour of support from our community, from our neighbors, from people all over, businesses and individuals have been donating supplies through the front door. And so it has just been, it's been really cool to see everybody come together. And so we've got the walls stacked high with lots of supplies. And over the last couple days, we have turned it in from receiving donations to giving donations and supporting some of these families that have been impacted by the tornadoes. So we've we've currently helped in the last two days a couple hundred families come and get um, cleaning supplies. They've gotten baby supplies. They've gotten boxes of food, all types of things, tarps and shovels and cleanup materials. Our community has been absolutely amazing helping with this cleanup and relief effort. And so we really, really appreciate you guys for watching and for being a part of this. Uh, we still have a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. There's a lot of cleanup to do. There's a lot of families that needed that need helping, and we are just honored to be able to have this nice space to be able to make this happen. So we love to partner with you in in reaching out to these families and helping these families and get them what they need. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, YAPAC Outreach, we will be updating with lists of things that we currently need with with volunteering hours. Um, and all of the information that we're trying to get out to the community. So thank you guys so much. We really look forward to um, just partnering with you guys, partnering with the community, and continuing to help with this cleanup effort. All right. Thank you. And uh, as she said, uh, follow them on Facebook. Go to their website. They do have an Amazon site with their wish list of everything they need. A lot, a lot of baby items, of course, are needed right now, as many families lost everything. So I know I've made my guest wait a long time. She's in the green room back there. She's waiting. She's a dedicated pre-med student aspiring to become a neurologist and a seasoned military veteran who's conquered life's battles. Behind, uh, beyond academia and military service, she is a mindset coach on a mission. Her personal triumphs over adversity fuel a passion for helping others shift their thinking, discover purpose, and build resilient mindsets. So check out her bite-sized insights tonight 
as she's offering practical guidance for navigating life's challenges and unlocking your potential. So without further ado, let's welcome U.S. Navy veteran and mindset mentor, Erica Grace, to the show. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sorry about the long delay there, but we had to get that stuff out to try to help people in need in our community here. Not at all. I love it. I actually took down notes. I have a Navy friend who lives in Clarksville, so I don't know if she's aware of um, the YAPAC. I think it's the YAPAC. Pack, I wrote that down to reach out and let her know to see. She loves volunteering with stuff, so you never know. Maybe a few more hands on deck couldn't help out. So she might already be helping them. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so Eric, I gave you about a two sentence uh, tidbit on you there. If you don't mind, tell us a little more about you from as far back as you want to go. What led you to the Navy and what we're doing now? Sure, absolutely. Um, so as far as I want to go, so I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, which is where I returned to when I left the military. I think a lot of us veterans do that, uh, military members, we return back where we started. And um, I joined the Navy for some obvious reasons. I wanted to travel the world, but more importantly for me, I really wanted to serve my country. Uh, my older brother was a Marine Corps. He was active duty in the Marine Corps. He's now a Marine Corps veteran. Um, my grandfathers on both sides were army veterans and my dad, a bunch of his brothers were Navy and army and Marine Corps veterans. So just a lot of military service. And I saw the pride in serving and protecting our country. And, um, obviously being a female, didn't really have any other females in the military before me that served. So I just always looked up to the guys. I was like, that seems like such an amazing thing to be able to do. So that's what led me to serving in the Navy. Um, and of course, I remember 9-11. I'm sure a lot of people do that. I was old enough to remember watching it live on the TV and just wanting to stand up and do something about it and um, just kind of not allow that to happen on, you know, to my home, to my home country. Um, so then fast forward, joined the Navy. I was an analyst. I'm very good at solving puzzles, which I think setting me up for the future of being a doctor. It's an amazing skill set to problem solve and look at things. Um, so I did almost just under eight years. I did get the opportunity to travel the world, which not everybody does. So I've been all over Europe, Africa. I've been to the Middle East, traveled all around the United States. And um, but I knew I wanted to do more. I've always had a calling in medicine to heal people. Um, so I decided I was going to transition out. And uh, I learned along my journey that your mindset and how we approach everything really, really makes a difference. And um while serving i realized how much we all lean on each other we focus on the mission we focus on the things that really gets us through but even though i had a plan like so many people when i got out to where i wanted to go a lot of things were missing a lot of the support networks were missing a lot of continuing with that mindset of saying you can do this and having a set purpose were missing so i kind of fumbled when i got out like a lot of people do i just decided to go back to being a government contractor. It was easier. I already knew how to do that job that I had done for so many years, you know, in the military that I was afraid of going after my dreams. And finally, one day I decided, I just kind of woke up and looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, what am I doing? I, you know, I transitioned out to try and go help people. If I keep going down this path, I'm never going to accomplish what I really want to accomplish. And I realized it all started with how I talked to myself and my mindset and I just changed, started to change everything that day forward and everything that I've learned. I love sharing with other people that it really starts with how we talk to ourselves and talk to the people around us. Um, and that you can do anything. I mean, some of the things we did in the military, you know, 
people think would be crazy. I, you know, one of, one of the great examples, my grandfather was um, actually storming beaches in Normandy on D-Day, and I've been blessed to have been there. And if anyone's ever been there, military or not, and you see those beaches, it's like, how in God's green earth did we do that? And it just shows how with your mindset, if you're determined to do something, you can overcome anything. Yes. Mindset plus motivation for D-Day. Uh, motivation Absolutely. to make it to the end of the beach was the, a big thing fueling a lot of the, that generation. And yeah. That generation paved the way for basically our generation of service and to Definitely. show their mindset to go through it. You were able to see 9-11 happen. I'm sure you were pretty young when it happened. Maybe you were in school watching it. Yeah. And, uh, so that probably embedded in your brain and then thinking about granddad and I mean, you have a whole family of service, you could have talked to any of them, anyone that was alive at that point, say, what should I do? And they, they probably said, no, just stay home. Don't, enough of us have served. And then you jumped in anyway. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same speech. Don't, don't join enough of us have served. You, you're good. So, I mean, it's awesome that you jumped in and served as an analyst. How many years did you do? Uh, it was just a few months short of eight years. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. So you almost hit the 10 mark there. You almost hit <laughs> and started to slide back. So, uh, thank you for your eight years there. And uh, as an analyst, then you went to con the dirty contractor way. I'm a dirty yeah. contractor now, so I don't feel that bad that you were a contractor. <laughs> 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 and now you're pursuing your, your uh, MD as a neurologist. So as a mindset coach and a neurologist, you're not only going to be able to help others, you'll be able to help a whole generation of veterans that have a lot of that's an exactly. awesome forward. Yeah, that's absolutely the plan. And and not just veterans too, if any of your other listeners aren't veterans, I mean, obviously the goal is to help everybody, but I just know my experience that I can just um, see it through the eyes of veterans. You know, I understand what a lot of us have been through and just that commonality, that common ground to just have a little bit more. Um, I've, I've seen it, I get it, so. What's the coolest place you got to go with the Navy? I hate, I won't lie, I love and I hate this question. I have been to so many places. I have so many stories and things. Um, everywhere is so different. I mean, I, I think one of my favorite, like, first experiences was uh, when I was in Djibouti, Africa. And I was working with a team there. We were helping the Coast Guard. And we went out to eat afterwards out in town after this exercise we did. And the military guys for the Djiboutian Coast Guard were trying to be nice. They brought me into the kitchen and I thought I was gonna have to like cook the dinner or something. I was like, oh God, we're all screwed at this point. I was the only female on the team. And really they were just trying to be nice and like check if the kitchen situation was like meeting our standards oh, wow. for like us to eat. And I was like, oh yeah, it looks good to me. Like they had a this fire like bowl thing that they were cooking inside of. I don't even know, it was something like from Pompeii. I don't, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. I was like, looks good to me. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> I know. Don't ask me to cook because I don't know what's going to happen here. There's no stove or anything. It's going to be uh, interesting. But no, I'd say like everywhere is, I just always went with an open mind. I, I love learning about the local culture. So I would always ask questions and try local foods, which I know a lot of people do, but not everybody does. So I don't really have a favorite place. Um, just everywhere is different. So good safe answer right there you don't want to you know insult anyone you were with when you went to those or anyone you met <laughs> not a lot of people i know <laughs> dangerous. she didn't like us oh no what are we gonna do <laughs> so uh, when you pivoted out of contracting uh, what school are you in now 
Uh, Northeastern University in Boston. Okay. And uh, how close are you to your uh, your doctor? Uh, like four four years away. Four years away. <laughs> so yeah. you got a long time to, to dwell oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yep, long time, long time. So uh, your goal is to stay up in, in the Boston, the greater Boston area because family's there, or are you going to move away if, if the, I guess, the residency is somewhere else? Right. Um, I'm looking at possibly going to Florida. I'm actually looking to go to DO school, not MD school, which is pretty much the same. It's just um, a, a slightly different perspective, but we have the same skill sets as an MD. Um, so keeping options open. I mean, Boston's amazing. We have four medical schools here. Um, residency, I would love to come back to because Tufts is the number one neurology residency program like in the world. Um, so I would love to come back um, and gain, earn a seat at that university. Um, but at the same time, um, life has a funny way I've learned, which I'm sure you learned too, that sometimes when doors close, it's for a reason and that things will always come full circle and happen the way that they're meant to. So that's how I try to take it with strides. That's that same mindset you spoke about earlier. Just keep pushing forward that mindset and not say, hey, oh, I can't go here. I'm going to just, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want, I just want to stay home and watch the Red Sox play and, and go to medical school. So right. you can go anywhere and watch the Red Sox, Red Sox play now. The world is very tiny now because of the internet. So you can watch them win or lose. So I have a guy in my office who screams about them all the time. He's also, he's from Worcester. Worcester, Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> He's from there. He screams about the Red Sox all the time. So we hear it every day, every time something bad or good happens. Exactly. <laughs> Some people are into it a lot. I won't lie. I'm not like that, but <laughs> a lot of my family is. He even put uh, Red Sox floor mats into our government truck. I love it. <laughs> it's it's disheartening as a Mets fan to go in there and see that. Oh, <laughs> oh man, too funny. So you spoke about the power of positive thinking. Can you yeah. share specific strategies or mindset shifts that helped you during challenging periods, both personally and, of course, academically? Sure. Um, so like I said, I mean, the starting point is you can only focus on what you can control, right? So like, for example, with applying to medical school, like I can only control how I put together my application, how my grades are, all of these little things that add up to it. I can only control that. I can't control the receiving end of how someone's going to perceive it. I can try very hard to put my best foot forward to make it seem like I am the best candidate, but there's a certain point things are out of your control and you can't let those things out of your control, whatever they are in life, just completely destroy you, derail your entire day, derail your entire life. And like you said, just give up because it didn't happen this time. Um, I'm in a lot of different groups with other pre-med students who are non-traditional and some of these people, you know, they're like, for example, one lady finally got in, she's 50 years old and she's been trying for the last three years to get in and finally she got accepted. She had every reason to get, I mean, she has a family already, you know, she could have just given up and finished out her career and retired, but she really wanted to be a doctor. So she wasn't going to give up on it. And it's that kind of mindset that you have to you have to dig deep and determine what is really your purpose and your why and what do you want out of life? Because if there's something you really want out of life, then you have your whole life to go after it and get it. There's no, forget what society says that, you know, by 20 or by 30 or whatever, you have to like be locked into your forever job and just sit there until you're 60 and then retire. And you know, that's it. That's the end of your life. 
if it's something you want to do and change, just continuously going after reminding yourself that you're worthy of it. You can do it. And for me, I do things. Um, I journal every morning and I tell myself every morning and I remind myself that I'm grateful for what I have now. I'm grateful for whatever is going to happen and that things are going to work out the way they're meant to be. And I know a lot of people that's very hard to listen to sometimes. I know, especially me being an analyst when I was younger, I really wanted things to work out exactly how I planned them, especially when it came to like ops and missions and the military side of the house. I really wanted things to go to a T, but that's not how life happens. It's never how it happens. And giving yourself a little bit of grace and accepting like, well, it didn't go the way I wanted, but did I get to the end objective that I wanted the outcome to be? That's really the important measurement of how life is and how it is going after your goals. Um, so a lot of those things, and, I, and if I get added with that, it's also, I found how you talk to yourself that really makes a difference. When, when I transitioned out, I didn't realize a lot of people started telling me I couldn't become a doctor. I was too old. I should stay in because I had already had so much time in the military. I was such a good analyst. Like I should just hang around and keep doing it. Cause I was, I was really good at it, which I was, I mean, I was, you know, I was sailor of the year several times and I was very good for what I did, but that those seeds I let take root and I started to question, should I become a doctor and change my life? And even now I still have people telling me, they're like, you're gonna be so old by the time you get there. And I'm like, but will I be, you know, like even let's say I'm like this, this lady I already mentioned, what if I was 50 and I started, right? By the time I get done with med school residency, I'm in my mid fifties. I mean, the oldest practicing neurologist right now is 98 years old. I mean, wow. that's, a, that's like a 48-year career right there. I mean, yeah, like, time. Yeah, I know. And he started when he was like in his 20s. So he's been practicing for, wow. well, yeah, right? I mean, it's insane. So I think it's all just about our perspective. It's just taking a perspective of, for me, I look at it, you can live your life and just get really grounded with what you want to do and just keep telling yourself you can do it and just go after it. Who cares what anybody else says? Exactly. exactly. I was uh, finishing up my master's uh, for disaster and emergency management after I after I retired. I kept going to school, of course. And of course. Uh, my last professor told me this is probably the last stop for you because you shouldn't go further. You're not an academic. So I just took that as a challenge. Of course. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for doc for my doctorate, and I got accepted. And now I'm about to start defending uh, my proposal within the next few weeks. So. Uh, I just took that punch in the punch in the gut and said, thank you. Uh, yeah. I'll go with this challenge accepted like Bar uh, like Barney said on uh, how I met your mother. So yeah. <laughs> I go I go with it, Barney Stinson. He's my he's my my I guess go to for good sayings, I guess. <laughs> good and bad. So. <laughs> so I took that challenge accepted and, and I'm on that same uh, glide path. I'll some sometime I'll finish it and my wife will be happy. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. But even then, if I could, challenge. right. And like I said, and even then it's, what does it really matter whether you got your doctorate at, you know, 25 or 65, you still have it. You still earned it. Right. You know, it doesn't, age is just a number. You're still doing the same work in the, yep. like you said earlier about non-traditional and I came out in the military, I was over 40 and I'm in a class in Georgetown with students that were 23, just going right from bachelor's, right into master's, right into doctorate. And they're talking about stuff. I, 
look, this I have real world applications. That's all I can give you right now. And I'm yep. working with that. That's how I work. And that's why they thought I wasn't academic, I guess, because I don't speak in their terms. You speak in real world examples, not hypotheticals. Yes. <laughs> it gets me a lot of trouble when I write. <laughs> It'll work out in the end, I hope. It will. I believe it will. <laughs> so as you get closer towards your, your uh, I guess, your jacket time in four years, uh, are you going to have, you have your neurology and then are you going to do a mindset coaching on the side or try to combine them both together? Um, to be honest, I haven't thought about, I, I don't want to give up the mindset coaching. I think it is super valuable and it's just a completely different piece of the puzzle. Um, I think so many problems start with our mindset and our habits that are preventable. Um, when it comes to a lot of neurological diseases and whatnot. There's a lot of studies that tie into that, um, you know, between habits of dietary habits. Like I'm, Alzheimer's is like near and dear to my heart. My father had it. He passed away last year from it. And just things that um, I know we're going to get to the root cause of it. I have faith in it in the years to come. I've, I was in a neurology conference earlier this year, networking and saw a lot of the studies on it. Um, but it all starts with just our habits and our mindset and how we approach our own lives. And um, I hate to say take it seriously sometimes, but truly taking it seriously of like, look, if you don't stop doing X, Y, and Z, then this is going to happen most likely in the future. Um, it's um, yeah, there's a, I, I don't have an answer for how they're going to blend together, but I would love to keep them the coaching and of course the neurology together. I also have a lot of, mentors that are doctors right now that kind of do the same thing. It's just different flavors in different specialties. So there's a way to do it. It's the ultimate goal isn't the ultimate goal is to help people in the most efficient way possible. And I feel like what I've learned and what I've overcome with my own mindset, it would be almost selfish of me to not share it with other people and just motivate people and encourage them and tell them what worked for me it can work for you to keep pushing forward instead of waiting until I'm a doctor and then being like, you know, I can tell you how the brain waves work and this is why your habits are this way. It's, you know, putting off something when I could be making a difference now. Exactly. And you, you have shown it uh, through your service, through your time before that. And of course, losing your dad last year, we're sorry for that, that you were able to bounce back and do things that other people might not be able to do unless they get a coach like yourself or, or someone else that with a different mindset that shows them that you don't have to stay down. Right. It's, you're not judged by how many times you fall. You judge by how many times you get up. And exactly. if you keep getting up and improving the world wrong, that's what it's all about. It's not about staying down or, or look at the woe is me, say woe is me and move forward and, and you get over it and uh, try to, I mean, it's hard, it's easy to say get over it, but go through it fight through it and get to the other side. Exactly. And with that, I mean, nobody, on this earth has not fallen down who any any successful person or anyone that's gone anywhere no one has fought not fallen down everyone has fallen down but they've gotten back up like you said it's not oh no i tripped and i fell and i'm just going to stay here for the rest of my life and give up it's brush it off you can do it keep moving forward that's how you learn okay you learn there's a pothole there let's not step in it next time let's walk around it okay like it's a learning curve <laughs> I try to tell people, I said, every day you're going to have victories. And we say it on the show all the time, stack those victories every day. Because every day yeah. you're going to fail. You're going to fail at something every day. And you may not understand why it happened, but every day something bad's going to happen. 
or something's not going to go the way you planned. Brush yeah. it off and try to take notes on what happened to cause it so you don't do it tomorrow and just stack the other victories. So if you have 20 victories and that one failure, you won today. If everything you think is a failure, we got to switch your mindset and get you going forward. Yes, I, I do love that. I do that, like I said, in the morning when I journal, I stack my wins. I normally get my workout in. I have a few other things um, with my dogs, certain health goals that I try to get in, eating right. But in the evening, I do just what you said. I'll journal again and I'll write down, what did I miss today? What did I plan on doing or I told myself I was going to do that I did not do today so I can learn for tomorrow? And it's not to beat yourself up. It's just to learn to be like, okay, I was supposed to do this today. I said I was going to do this and I didn't. Why did I not do it? Did I not do it because genuinely something came up or just because I was afraid and I procrastinated it and just didn't do it? Right. So I do love that. Yeah. yeah. Procrastination does kill a lot of people. So. <laughs> especially now there's so many different distractions. Oh, I can get to it later because I can watch this 17 shows on Netflix, <laughs> maybe jump on Amazon Prime and get that new show that just came out. Reacher starts tomorrow for those Reacher fans. <laughs> so, I'm not telling you to watch it all tomorrow, but I might. <laughs> but, but there's so many things that can keep your mind away from what you're actually supposed to be doing. And that's yeah. what that's what hurts a lot of people nowadays. It does. It does. Yeah, there's a lot of distractions out there. Try to minimize them. <laughs> Try to get them down to it. I'm sure you see with a lot of your fellow students that uh some of them just got that curve gets so wide that they're barely making it to the finish of the whatever projects do, whatever they have to get done. They're coming in hot that last day because they were so outside that wire for so long to get there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or even just sometimes in class, people like scrolling social media and stuff. And I'm like, how? Okay. What? I know. I'm like, okay. There's a guy in there. So. Yep. So if you could uh, give the audience three tips to maybe get them to that positive side of the mindset and push them forward to maybe understanding that they do do great things every day. What would that be? Sure. So, well, like we just talked about, then I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Try to cut down on your screen time and what you're watching. Um, there's so, so many things that are out there that are just subtly polluting your mind and giving you bad ideas and just encouraging you to not do what you need to do to be aware of that. Again, Maybe don't go cold turkey. Maybe you can't go, go, go cold turkey, depending how much you watch social media and whatnot. But just being aware of what you're actually listening to and putting in your mind. Um, a second one, if you have a really steep, steep, steep mindset curve that you need to overcome, that you realize you are always talking negative to yourself, you're always um, looking to the worst of situations, one of my best techniques I tell people to do is to find audiobooks. A lot of them I recommend are like Napoleon Hill or Bob Proctor um, or a podcast or something and listen to it every single day. Something positive that's encouraging, motivational. Instead of that negative social media doom scrolling about stuff, I mean, I won't lie, I've done it before. Of course, I think we all have on social media and it just is brain numbing some of the stuff that is out there. And... <laughs> <laughs> just replace it with something that's going to start to benefit you because the power of the mind going more a little bit more on the neurology side with the mindset is your subconscious mind is so powerful what what you start to tell it and internalize really will start to show in your conscious mind in your actions and how you talk to yourself that's why people don't realize when you're listening to all of these things that you slowly start to change the language around yourself 
start to make jokes that you're not smart, you're not this, you're not that. And that's really demoralizing to yourself. And then that's what's going to make you start to procrastinate because you no longer have faith in yourself that you can do what you think you want, whatever it is you want to do. Um, so watch your screen time, start to listen to podcasts and things. And then the, it seems like the simplest but makes a difference is start journaling and just getting your thoughts out. Get your feelings on paper. Don't You don't have to share with anybody. You don't have to show anybody. You can burn it if you want afterwards if it makes you that uncomfortable to have it. But at least write down how you're feeling, where you want to go, what, what are your dreams, ambitions, and what is going on in your life right now. And for some people out there who've never done this, it may be very challenging at first, but I encourage you to force yourself. And even if you just start writing mumbo jumbo on paper to like get you know, your brain flowing and things moving and getting those thoughts going again, it will take a little bit of time, but it will start to make a difference to be like, I can do this. Like, why am I not doing this? And it will start, you'll start to encourage yourself and maybe be a little more daring and like, you know, step up and volunteer for something that maybe you haven't done in years because you started to put up walls of being afraid of getting out and showing who you really are. And you're like, well, I'm not worthy of that anymore. You're, of course, you're still worthy of it. You just need to believe you're worthy of it and go after it. Um, and these small little things will start to help and build a little bit more confidence and um, yeah, just shift your mindset. Awesome. Those are great tips right there. And uh, on the journaling, every deployment I was on every day, I, I wrote down everything. I wrote down all my thoughts for the day every day and we'll try to annotate everything we did. So in case something did happen, it would be there for others. And also for me to remember when I get old and crusty and I remember what's going on. Oh, turn to page 36. There it is. There's just the 18 would happen. They're awesome. But yeah. it, it works. It helps. I tell people to do that all the time. I got a remarkable now, so it's all digital. I can write on there and understand myself and send it up. <laughs> See? I do too. I have a remarkable. I got it earlier this year. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best. Uh, it's awesome. So, I'm, I'm not a paid sponsor. So I know either. <laughs> I'd love to be remarkable if you're out there. <laughs> but Erica, where can people get in contact with you if they want to use you as a mindset coach or just to chat with you? Sure. Uh, either one, mindset coach or just a chat. I love answering questions in my DM. I really, like I said, I truly want to help people. So don't feel any question is too silly or too small or even to say hi. Like I really don't mind. Um, but the best place I'm on the most frequently is my Instagram. So that's the underscore Erica Grace and Erica's E-R-I-K-A-G-R-A-C-E Grace. Awesome. And that is going across the bottom of the screen for those of you watching this on video right now. And it will be in the show notes when this comes out on, on podcast apps. Erica, thank you for your service to our country and everything you're doing. And please stay in touch so we know your next big journey coming forward. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Have a great night. You too. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Got a question about your VA benefits, healthcare, or eligibility? Go to va.gov, where you can access a new interactive chatbot to ask questions 24-7. One can still browse va.gov for information, but you can now ask specific questions to the chatbot, like what's the PACT Act? How do I apply for disability benefits? What's my claim status? You can access the new feature through va.gov's Contact Us page. Then click on the Start Chat button. The chatbot will continue to improve veterans' access to information about the benefits and services they've earned. 
This is one way VA is offering seamless and secure access to its online resources. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com. Check out all of our past episodes and get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation.